Welcome to Seismic Sound Off, exploring the depth and usefulness of geophysics for the scientific community and the public. I'm your host, Andrew Gary. For years, I have closed most interviews with this question. What is one piece of advice you would offer someone that would like to succeed in your field? I have interviewed some of the most well-known geoscientists, authors, and teachers for the past seven years. The insight and experience across the 186 episodes are vast. To help collect some of this wisdom in one episode, I'm excited to present part two of our top lessons. You will hear from SEG legend Ozil Maz, current and past SEG presidents, well-known lecturers, and other stalwarts of geophysics. For the complete list of those featured in this episode and the links to listen to our original conversation, visit seg.org podcast or find the show notes where you're listening to this episode. Thank you to all the past guests on Seismic Sound Off. As we approach episode 200 this year, we couldn't have made it this far without each of you. And a special thanks to the producers and contributors to the podcast behind the scenes, including Stacey Baker, Steve Brown, Lottie Bublitz, Jennifer Cobb, Kathy Gamble, Allie McGinnis, John Mead, Susan Stam, and Kelsey Taylor. And now, let's get to 11 lessons to succeed as a geoscientist. Uh, when I received this question, I had to pause for thought a little bit. And I, I think it's some one thing that brings to mind is at some point in my early career, and I, I speak mostly as an academic and academic researcher, you know. So at some point in my career, I read the Physics Today article about some advice from an accomplished physicist to junior colleagues and students. Don't just focus on minimally publishable results. Try to tackle really important and challenging problems. Well, this sounded great and inspirational, but how do you get there if you don't know where to start and often lack the big picture to know what problems are really important and, and actually trackable? So I guess in the hindsight, you do it step by step. You may be making small steps, but they are directed towards a bigger goal, and that's how you get there, you know? Don't put yourself such a big challenge that you is inspirational, but you ne- never know the path to that. Always stay curious and always stay motivated because sometimes you don't know exactly what you're looking for. And so you just have to continue to have this curiosity in you and you have to have the drive and determination to keep moving forward with that curiosity and just knowing everything will be okay. Like sometimes we get into these crazy scientific projects and um, (laughs) you almost you get results that might really surprise you. And you're kind of like, okay, what, (laughs) what does this mean? Where do I take this? And so, like I said, just taking that curiosity and continuing to move forward and knowing that everything will be okay. Science is science and it has its own answer. So. (laughs) Well, the answer that Margaret provided is a great answer. I think that people doing science and doing research must be curious and must be motivated. This is valid for any type of research, but especially when it comes to experiments, many times we uh, feel that we make one step forward and, and sometimes three steps backwards. That's really inherent of research. So we need to be perseverant, and that's a good quality 
that any scientists and the, any students who want to start this path must have. So be curious and be perseverant. Andrew, you learn by teaching, which forces you to question rigorously the theory or the workflow you're trying to develop. And you should always doubt your ideas and allow for any possible alternatives to be considered. Always keep in mind the physics of geophysics. There are so many different paths that you can go in geophysics. And from my perspective, I started as a technical geophysicist, as you, if you will, as an interpreter, a seismic interpreter. And I pretty quickly realized that I preferred to not be a single contributor, if you will, but I really like to lead a team. I like to facilitate and I really like to see other people grow, etc. So I think it just depends on what your interests are. There, there are so many th different directions you can go. It's all a roller coaster from my perspective. It, uh, you can't know from the beginning where things are going to lead. And I, of course, have been in a dual geophysicist career relationship for over 40 years. And it's even more true there that you really have to be flexible. And if there's an opportunity for your partner, then it might be that as a team, you decide to go in that direction, even though the opportunity for you might not be as advantageous. But eventually it works out. And I think it's uh, geoscience, geophysics is a wonderful career and certainly has been for me. And I am sure it will be for those that are starting out in this field right now. Just be flexible and be ready to raise your hand when an opportunity comes up. And uh, yeah, go for it. I really, really urge anybody and everybody, there are no limits. So go for the, your ideas and push it and don't give up because there will be always a headwind. And I can tell you it's my uh, personal experience on FWI. I uh, presented FWI in 2007 at the SEG. And, uh, you know, based on that uh, work, there were lots of uh, people, uh, you know, pushing back on this technique and saying it's not going to work. And uh, thanks God we ignored those people and pushed, pushed until, you know, more than 10 years later, you can see really this is changing the velocity model building uh, worldwide. And it's a must to do and it doesn't matter where you are. And it became a production tool and use, using it every day, everywhere in the world. And this is a kind of example what I would like to give to everybody. Don't give up. You will see pushbacks, but just go straight and push through this headwind and you will see the light at the end of the tunnel. It may take time, but you will see the fruits of your work. Number one is, I think, uh, be willing to talk to people outside your close discipline to try and understand what they can teach you uh, is one. And number two, I think, is actually more for managers, which is I think we get 
a bit excessively tied up with secrecy. One of the things I've really learned in my career is the the only secrets that that are worth keeping are the ones that keep themselves. So invariably, if you have some amazing new processing that produces some nice result, you're going to have to show it to partners. As soon as you do that, uh, the partners will, will understand that it's possible and then they'll figure it out. And so often what we see is something's impossible right up to the point where it becomes possible. So what changed? You know, like Laurent Sierg got FWI to work, and suddenly, not very long after, everybody could get FWI to work as well as Laurent. What changed? What happened was they all had little bugs and problems and things in their codes, or et cetera, et cetera, and, and those were preventing them from getting it to work. And then once they knew, no, this can work, well, then they went back and tried again, looked more carefully until they got it to work. So the only real secret was it's possible. And once somebody knows that, they'll figure it out. <laughs> so, and that's not a secret you can really keep because you have to show your results to others at some point. And as soon as you do that, they know, oh, that's possible. And then they'll figure it out. <laughs> so I think you can also learn uh, as a researcher Often the limiting factor to what's possible is just these stupid little niggling problems in your codes and procedures and such. And those may actually be the limiting factor. Uh, now, it's hard to know. It may really be impossible with the data you've got. But often, the, as we've seen with FWI, et cetera, the limiting factor was just getting the details right. I must say I've always put my team first. Right. And I think there is no team without trust. So that's something I instill in my teams uh, from the get go. Uh, but as an individual, um, I think consistency has been the secret and, you know, not being able to challenge the status quo. Uh, and of course, that is being done. All the risks that we might have taken, the opportunities we might have created. We have challenged status quo in all of those, but we've ensured we've uh, taken informed risks. So I think these are the few things that have really supported me personally in my journey with SAG. Well, I'm going to say appreciating the diversity of minds and methods. So I, during my time with, with Chevron, I worked with a very international community, um, international researchers. And now that I'm professing, I have a student group that comes from, you know, all over all over the globe, and they have different educational backgrounds and cultural backgrounds. And so, you know, starting to work across different disciplines and merge the natural sciences and the social sciences, I'm realizing that all of our different experiences that we have in our cultures give us a very unique perspective on problems. And so while I may think that I have a solution, you know, it doesn't mean that my solution is, is right, or it can't be kind of aided and helped with other people's ideas and solutions. So I think I've kind of begun to to hit my stride more as a researcher as I'm as I'm open to hearing what other people think and how they've analyzed a problem and how their experiences have changed things. Well, I, I don't know that I'll say specifically in my field because I haven't done technical geophysics for a long time, but it is a very good question. And, and it's hard for me to point to one thing in particular, but I'll point to a couple. I had the opportunity, I've had the opportunity to work with in the past, and I hope to continue to work with two spectacular women 
Aileen Gibb and Catherine Rosbeck. I'm not sure they know each other, except that I may have introduced them just because they're so good at that. They both taught me to ask questions. Aileen, especially to ask questions of myself, but both to ask questions of myself and others. And they really emphasize asking good questions, not just superficial yes or no questions, but to questions that force me and others around me to think deeply. And, and that is, that's just been enormous. So that's one of my guiding principles. Another is, uh, actually, it was another woman, Mary Corbett uh, at Veritas, pushed the concept of personalities, behaviors, and people's styles. And that's been pretty important for me as I realized I'm the type who uh, is willing to act first and think later, not as uh, touchy-feely as uh, many others. So it, the important part is to make sure I find the people who think differently than I do. And in the discussions and questioning, make sure they get an equal voice to mine because it's an opposing view and an opposing style that's really critical for me. Be vulnerable to seek out mentors and professionals that you're willing and open to learn from. Be open to learning continuously from others. I think everyone has a unique perspective that they bring and being open to learning from others and their experiences is only going to help you progress in different stages of your career. I would also encourage you to be open to volunteering and stepping forward. And essentially, it comes with a bit of vulnerability when you initially reach out either to request someone as your mentor or to reach out to participate, say, in the SEG Women's Network Committee. And once you make that initial step, You'll start to make connections, broaden your network, and ultimately get exposed to a broad group of individuals that have a lot of common interests that you have. So those would be some of my suggestions. Yeah, you know, I, I think there it's a lot of the um, just the basic traits that can apply anywhere. I, I'm, not a, I'm not one of those people that reads business books or how-to books or how to make your life better or uh, anything like that but it's really the 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 fundamental skills that that work work everywhere so and you know i'm i'm not the greatest geophysicist i'm not the greatest hydrogeologist um but so what are some of those features well, so, well perhaps the the single biggest one is very quickly recognizing that i i don't know everything and i'm not the greatest at everything and i and i so i've always had great fortune and and prioritize putting together a fantastic team. So a team of colleagues, a team of locals, you know, trying to cover all the bases, not just the technical skills, but language, um, just the sometimes the brutal physicality of, of the these prop programs. And yeah, with a great positive team you can you can do every anything. And then that probably carries on to the next sort of general skill that that can get you pretty far anywhere in life and that's just persistence and and stubbornness and i have lot lots and lots of that and yeah if i if i was to take a a third one and i've i and, and i'm glad it's something i i learned pretty early in my career is um well for better or worse you know having the i guess i'll call it the intellectual courage to refute other other ideas, like when you see something is is just plain wrong, or you see there's a better way of doing things, you you do it. You don't just keep following in the same old, same old, because that's how others have done it with longer careers and more letters after their name. And I, I think we all see that more now than ever with um you know these young, more technology driven 
people, but it wasn't so obvious maybe 20, 30 years ago. And, but the corollary to that is, um, you know, at the same time, I've, I've certainly had failures and I've, I've certainly, not many, but I've certainly drilled dry holes and just gone in completely the wrong direction on, on some water projects. And to, and to recognize those failures and freely admit those failures and, and understand what went wrong and, and correct it. I mean, that's, um, you know, always trying to move forward, always trying to focus on what the main goal is, which is, uh, you know, to provide water and for people in need. You've reached the end of Seismic Sound Off. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to be the first to know about the next episode, please follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Two of my favorites are Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you have episode ideas, feedback for the show, or want to sponsor a future episode, visit seg.org slash podcast and find the box titled Contact Seismic Sound Off. Zach Bridges created original music for this show. This episode was hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary at Treasurement. The SEG podcast team is Jennifer Cobb, Kathy Gamble, and Allie McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.